I am so glad that you are joining Cindy LeFevre Yorks for this episode of His GPS for Your SOS. We pray these encouraging words will enrich and bless your day. All the light we cannot see, the first light. Let there be light, said the uncreated one, as he begun the miraculous work of breathing our world into existence. This statement, recorded in Genesis 1-3, was followed by two seemingly innocuous statements that speak volumes when unpacked with care. In verse 4 we read that God saw that the light was good. A world without any light at all cannot be seen even a little bit. Anyone who has ever been in a cave knows that absolute darkness prevails whenever light remains entirely absent. And whenever darkness dominates, it only takes a smidgen of light to eradicate it. But a spot of darkness, such as a dark corner or shadow, can never eliminate surrounding light. God did not rid the world of darkness altogether, but he did pronounce that the light was good. He then separated the light from the darkness, calling the light day and the darkness night, as we read in Genesis 5. As a result, time from that point forward and the history within its confines could be measured and recorded. It's interesting to note that there is no mention of God making darkness. In fact, Genesis 1-2 clearly states that the earth was without form or void and darkness was over the face of the deep. So before God created the world, darkness wasn't even considered a mere void. It was instead the absence of absolutely everything, including nothingness. We can glean that an expanse of utter nothingness existed before God created anything. Of course, we can never fully wrap our moral brains around all the nuances of the miracles of creation. But when it comes to light in this series, we can celebrate its arrival and unpack how it impacts us this side of eternity and beyond. God wasn't done creating light on the first day. When the third day of creation rolled around, God made two light sources— the sun, and the moon. He then made stars, as we read in Genesis 1.16. Verse 17 goes on to say that God set the stars in the expanse of the heavens to provide light for the earth. We are reminded in verse 18 that God created light to rule over the day and night and separate the light from the darkness. And when that day of creation came to a close, God pronounced that he saw that it was good. You may have heard the old saying, Nothing good happens after dark. I myself remember once a policeman told me it was never a good idea to be out after 10 p.m. And in Proverbs 7, 6-27, Solomon's son is being led astray, prompting his father to literally comment, Nothing good happens after midnight. Sadly, there was never anything wrong with the beautiful night sky that God created. Unfortunately, it just became apparent to broken men and women on the planet that sinful deeds are far better concealed at night than they can be during the day. We see several instances in the Bible where evil deeds were committed in the anonymity of the night, where shadows more easily conceal evil and fewer people are awake to witness them. In Genesis 29, the story of Laban giving Jacob his daughter Leah instead of Rachel in marriage in a deceptive bait-and-switch is recorded. In Daniel 6.15, we read that the king reluctantly cast Daniel into the lion's den as the sun went down. And in John 13.30, 30, 
we read the account of Judas revealing himself as the betrayer of Jesus. Satan entered into him, and he immediately went out, and it was night. Later that evening, the illegal trial and death sentence was also levied. Yet in each of the instances, God managed to infuse light in the form of miraculous silver linings. Jacob grew to love Leah over time. God rescued Daniel from the lion's den. And Jesus Christ rose to conquer sin and death and redeem the lost. Just as darkness cannot exist in the presence of light, so can those who belong to it not align themselves with evil if they belong to God. John 3.20 states, Everyone who does evil hates the light and does not come into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. And in the contemporary English version translation of Micah 2.1, we read, Doomed, you're doomed. At night you lie in your bed, making evil plans, and when the morning comes, you do what you've planned because you have the power. Satan's power thrives in the secrecy of darkness in those with misguided and unguarded hearts. How can we ensure that we are among those with guarded hearts, fully devoted to God and His divine light? The answer is found in 1 John 1.7. But if we walk in the light, as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. Join me as we stand in the clarifying light of God's goodness and eradicate the darkness in our hearts and in our world. I'd like to read an excerpt now from my first book, The Side Door, and this entry is entitled, The Cross, X Marks the Spot. There comes a point when everyone reaches a crossroad in life about what kind of belief system they're going to embrace what will determine the direction of their course, and how they intend to move forward once those choices are made. Even though everyone reaches this point, not everyone recognizes they are there, so they may not have a clue about how to proceed once they reach this crossroad. Some people, in their confusion, take a detour instead, going down a road they think will mark self-discovery, only to discover it's riddled with potholes and blind, self-destructing turns. It may not seem like it when we stand at that dark fork in the road, but each choice we make has the potential for hidden consequences. While in college, I vacationed in Mexico with some friends. We went to dinner and we were walking back to the hotel when I saw a ferry that was boarding to go out to a cruise ship. I hatched a plan for us to jump on the ferry, board the ship, mingle, and return later to the shore. I'd never been on a cruise and knew nothing about the protocol. I managed to convince my friends to get on board the ferry, but one by one they thought it over and disembarked. Standing alone, I too got off the ferry. The next morning, I looked out the window and saw that the ship had a hammer and a sickle featured on the side. It was a Russian cruise ship featuring the symbol that concealed by the darkness their communist beliefs. Though the idea of being afraid seems a little silly now, I remember thinking back then not to ever consider jumping into something before I had carefully weighed all the aspects. When we are presented with the good news of Jesus Christ, we stand at that crossroad with the potential for elimination. We can choose to follow Jesus or walk away from Him. God didn't create robots pre-programmed to obey Him. He's looking for authentic followers that want to walk in the light. The Lord invites everyone to His table, but not all invitees will be seated for the banquet. In Matthew 22, 8-14, we read of the invited guests who tried to come to the wedding feast improperly clothed and as a result, were cast out from the festivities. For many are called, but few are chosen, sums up the two-way street of salvation, 
as recorded in verse 14. God does the inviting, but man must RSVP before the Holy Spirit dwells. We must deliberately choose Christ. Have you RSVP'd to Jesus' calling? Or are you carting around the invite as if you have all the time in the world to reply? Have you accepted and expressed gratitude for being included? Anyone still holding onto the card is at the crossroad. Time is too precious to waste. And the keys to kingdom living are say yes to Jesus and turn the corner on your life journey today. And the doorpost is, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. Revelation 3.20 Thank you for joining us today for this episode of His GPS for Your SOS. Cindy also posts encouragement daily on Instagram. Her blogs can be found on her website, cindyyorks.com. Her entire Door Devotion trilogy is now available on Amazon.